and welcome to another episode of the Wrong Football Podcast. My name's Dan, I'm here with G, the editor of TheWrongFootball.com, and we're here to talk all things American football again this week. Alright, John. <laughs> Alright. Uh, we are absolutely rattling through the season now, believe it or not, we're already five weeks into the regular season, so uh, we'll be having a look back at the best of what uh, Week 5 had to offer. Uh, we'll also be giving our picks out for the Week 6. Uh, but first, as we're back to some semblance of normality this week, uh, we'll have a look at some of the talking points throughout the NFL. So, uh, how's things, G? Did you enjoy uh, recording on your own last week? No, I hated it. I didn't realise how much a crutch it was to have a conversation and I found myself saying um more than humanly possible just because I don't um I don't tend to use a script like you do because yeah, I saying um again, well done. <laughs> I just threw that in there to cheer you up. But yeah, so I, I like to be a bit more freeform because otherwise I find myself forgetting things I want to say and, and so I tend to bounce off you rather better than be a presenter. So it was a it was a useful experience and I think I could get better could get better at it, but certainly I'm very happy to be talking to you and recording with somebody and not sitting in my bedroom going what am I doing? <laughs> Excellent. Well, let's start with the uh, the first talking point then. So the uh, the first one for me was the uh, the Colts GM uh, Ryan Grigson. Uh, since we blaming a poor start of the season on Andrew Luck's big new contract. So, so Andrew Luck signed a big new contract in the summer, six years, with guaranteed forty seven million dollars, which could go up to one hundred and forty million. Uh, with bonuses uh, Grigson though is saying uh, his exact quote over the weekend was uh, we have a defence which is work in progress after we paid Andrew Luck what we did uh, it's going to take some time to build the, on the other side of the ball they, they, they've they never really kind of built the team around Andrew Luck like a lot of people thought they would do you, do you, do you think he's got a point? I think it's balderdash and utter piffle and that's me <laughs> just enough. being polite as opposed to the R-rated version which would get us with one of those explicit tags because <laughs> he had all those years whilst Luck was on a rookie contract to build a defence, build an offensive line draft some large men up front that can do some blocking as opposed to lots and lots of receivers, all the receivers when you know he'd signed some on free agency as well no, I... He, if it was somebody who'd come in and he had Andrew Luck and you needed to sign that contract, then they might have an argument because he wasn't responsible for what had gone on before. But Gregson had been there. He drafted Andrew Luck. was mm. basically given GM of the year, I think, that year for basically picking Andrew Luck. It's like that wasn't a difficult draft pick. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, no, I have very little sympathy with it, as you might have possibly picked up. Just slightly, just slightly. He, he, uh, he did have uh, quite big shoes to fill, didn't he? He came in just after Peyton Manning had gone to the Broncos. Yeah, and but... He's one of the most sure fly um, or surefire quarterback prospects we've had in many years, and he he was a lot more lauded than say Carson Wentz is playing so well this year, and some of the quarterbacks like James Winston and Marcus Mariota from the year before. He's as good a prospect as I remember there being sort of touted in a long while, and in large parts he's sort of shown promises to be that player. The problem is that. Um, I was about to say the problem is that he's not quite lived up to it. I think he's shown the glimpses, and I think he could if he had a team around him. But uh, to be honest, the team have only won two games this season because of how good he is and that connection to T.Y. Hilton. Otherwise, mm. it could have been an utter disaster this season. But do you think it's obviously, it is a huge contract that he's on? Do you think he deserves to be the, the highest paid player in the league? You see, I'm, I'm going to quote um, the great philosopher Jalen Rose. And for those of you who listen to the Jalen and Jacoby podcast, you possibly might be able to guess what I can say, which is that in life, you don't get what you deserve. You get what you have the leverage to negotiate, Mm. particularly true in a capitalist society. And so at the end of the day, he's worth that amount of money because could you imagine what he could get paid if he hit the open market? So is he the best player in the NFL? Not for a long way. You look at Tom Brady, he would deserve more money. Was he in a position to negotiate that contract and did he have a right to? Absolutely. Has he hamstrung his team? I don't think he's necessarily made it easier for them, but 
at the end of the day, given what they'd done the previous years to surround him with talent, wouldn't you take as much money as you could? Bearing in mind, even for a quarterback, the you know your career is relatively limited, and you need to set it up for um, set yourself up for a lifetime. So it's not like I'm saying he shouldn't have signed it, and, and I don't think necessarily that the um, Colts shouldn't have said it. They had a young quarterback who was as good a prospect as any of the young quarterbacks, and they paid him accordingly. I don't think anything's done anything particularly wrong in that aspect. It's more the decisions around it and the drafting that's been the real problem. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. But the another player who, who's kind of losing some money this 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 week. Do you like the, uh, the lovely segue there? Uh, is is Odell Beckham Jr. Um, he's he's. Picked up his seventh fine uh, in two years uh, with his uh, following his antics uh, at the uh, well. There was, a, there was a late hit out of bounds uh, on Xavier Rhodes during their loss to the Vikings uh, last Monday night, uh, and he he's he, he seems to be kind of a little bit off the rails, doesn't he? Well, yes. I mean, I want to be a little bit careful here. Um, we'll start with a little bit as I pick holes in this as a topic, but only in a friendly, nice way, not because <laughs> I hate you as a, hate you as a producer, because I love you and I think you do an excellent job, and I'm very happy to have you back. But that doesn't mean I'm going to start picking holes at it. Because I think one of the interesting things is that I think he was trying, genuinely trying to make a joke when he was talking about him and the um, the goalpost had hugged it out and we're all okay now. <laughs> yeah. That's sort of kind of funny, except in the context of what's going on. And to be honest, it speaks to me more of a coach who doesn't necessarily have control of his locker room. Bearing in mind that I'm fairly certain it's Eric Flowers, the um, tackle who um, manhandled a reporter in the locker room after the game. Now, going into a losing locker room is always tricky, but you just get the feeling that things are... It's There's more than just Odell Beckham going wrong there, and there's, a, there's another... Often you'll see that greater talent gets given greater leeway, but there's clearly issues there. But there's so much going on with him that it's almost becoming a circus. It's distracting from... A, the true story of the Giants, which is that they're not really performing, the offence is going wrong, he's an easy thing to catch into, but at the end of the day, he's a young young man in his early 20s that possibly needs to grow up a bit, but part of a successful franchise is having a locker room who can take those characters and fold them in and teach them how to be good pros, mm. and... As much as anything, one of the reasons he's playing like this is because Eli Manning isn't getting him the damn ball and they're not winning. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Well, he's, he's already said, hasn't he, that he's, uh, he's not having fun uh, this, this year. He's not having fun anymore. <sighs> yeah, and I'm wary because you, you'll hear a lot of NFL people sort of going, I'll grow up and et cetera, et cetera, and personal responsibility. And, and I have some sympathy with that. I also have some sympathy with a young man who's possibly not making the best decisions because he's been given a lot of money and a lot of success very quickly. And how wouldn't that go to your head? There's a lot of pressure on him, isn't there? There's a lot of pressure on all these athletes. I mean, you getting strangely tangential, but it'll come back round in a minute. If you look at the England performance last night and the reaction in the media, is it any wonder that they start to tighten at the end of games when it's nil-nil against the thing and they can already see the headlines and know what's going to happen? And mm, it's point. not a life-and-death pressure, but you can see how it would affect your performance when you're trying to concentrate and focus on the sport. And part of a coach's job is to set up the environment where that stuff you know, doesn't enter into the performance. How you do that, I don't know. I'm not a coach. I do read about these things. But I think when you look at some of the more successful coaches, there's more than one way to do it. And one way is sort of like the Patriots way, you keep everything buttoned up and keep lock, sort of the press out and make it sort of like that bunker mentality. But the other way is to do it um, kind of like what Pete Carroll does. And it's all about fun and it is about competition. Don't get me, they get work hard, but he's trying to make it fun and engage the players. Um, something that the Golden State Warriors, to say, are doing very successfully in the basketball world. And it's yeah. that kind of coaching philosophy that um interests me and i just i don't have a handle 
on what the head coach is doing in the, in the New York Giants. You get a feel for some of the coaches, but obviously with a new one, a bit like um, Adam Gase at the Dolphins, you don't necessarily know, and it's very hard, hard to tell straight away how they're trying to approach it. But going back to the Giants, it just all feels in a bit of a mess. And you remember me saying that there was more wrong than just um, firing Tom Coughlin and promoting some um, coordinators. I do, yeah. I think maybe for once I might be getting something right. <laughs> you get very, you get lots right. I think you'd make a quite a good uh, head coach. I think you should have, a, you should perhaps have a go. You've got plenty of time on your hands, haven't you? Oh yes, I. I <laughs> yeah, can you imagine my my other half. Yeah, I've decided that I'm going to give up um um, um being an IT engineer and um being thing. I'm going to pursue being a head coach in American football. Oh no, I don't yeah, have I a job or any money. I'm just going to move over to states on spec. Um. Oh yeah, I need to get a passport first. I mm, yes, <laughs> not a good plan. <laughs> Right, well, that's week five done then. So uh, the uh, some of the best games this this week were uh, were some of those that we uh, that we watched, I suppose. So the, the first one was the, the Thursday night game. Uh, the Cardinals, the Arizona Cardinals, travelled to San Francisco uh, and came away with a win. They went into the game uh, without Carson Palmer, though he he, he went in with a, a concussion. Uh, so uh, Drew Stanton uh, took his place. Uh, he didn't really set the world alight. Um, they were, I, th- I think, both teams to, to start certainly to start the game would really. The thing that really struck me was that they were both really, really poor on third down conversions. There was an awful lot of punting, which somehow yeah. I managed to miss in my write up at the weekend. And then I was listening to um, one of my many football podcasts, and, and they sort of started up with a Thursday night game, and it was sort of like, and the punting. I was like, oh, good grief, yes! It just, <laughs> just nothing but. Pun- I mean, bearing my nine punts and seven punts each. There were three. 382 yeah. yards of punting for um, Ryan Quigley and 349 for Brad- Bradley Pinion. That is a lot of balls in the air. 25 minutes in the uh, in in the into the game uh, before either team uh, managed to make make a third down conversion. Yeah, there was a lot of running in this game, a lot of struggles in the passing game. Uh, it was a tight, tense affair, but certainly wasn't particularly good watching, uh, unless you're a real football nut. But um, I think the crucial thing was that. Um, Drew Stanton was able to limit turnovers by not throwing any, and although he wasn't hugely productive in yards, only getting 124, he did throw two DDs. He got one long play to Larry Fitzgerald, where uh, San Francisco 49er fell over in coverage, but most of the time, actually, the 49ers were quite good in coverage. I think that was sort of the tale, was that both defences held the passing games in check, but the Cardinals got a lot more sacks, um, quite a few of um, Blaine Gabbert, who just was horribly inaccurate and couldn't throw many passes at all and um it was the fact that that combined with they turned over the ball a couple of times that just got the win for the cardinals in the end and it, they sort of ran out quite healthy winners uh in terms of the score in the end 33 21 but it wasn't pretty but we did get a safety we did get a safety I, I, on that on that note if you listen to this I'm. Re- I really want a. Uh, I've got a G Claxon that that kind of shuts G up when he uh, starts starts waffling, which I haven't had to use much this this year. By the way, I'm quite impressed that I didn't get one earlier during the, during my Odell Beckham Giants roundtable <laughs> that took in the England football team and a basketball team. It's, that's fine. You, you got it round to the uh, to the subject in the end, but no. The, the I, I really want a uh, a safety Claxon. Uh, because G loves G loves this, loves the safety absolutely. Loves there is the nothing finer than a quarterback getting dumped on his bottom in his own end zone. <laughs> so, I mean, running backs uh, yeah. are good too. I, I enjoy any safety, but there is something particularly compelling about a, a quarterback going down in his own end zone. It, it just makes me happy. 
Yeah, this one was Gabbert. So uh, yeah, that was it. Was the last score of the game, wasn't it? Right towards the end. Yeah, yeah, very much so. It's sort of like one minute seventeen left. Um, I believe after a, a yet another punt and poor field position and got driven back. But um, in fairness to Blaine Gabbert, I, I do think we should mention that he did get seventy yards on the ground. He, he, he did. was able to run the ball quite effectively for a combination of read option and dropping back to pass, seeing it was nothing on, and then taking off as the defense opened up in front of him. Mm, yeah, he was he was pretty good at that. I must say, it was uh, that was one of the one of the better uh, areas of, of his game. It was seven seven at half time, uh, but the, uh, the yeah first first uh, first kick of the uh, of the of the second half kickoff in the second half forty nine has fumbled it. Uh, and uh, it was recovered by the Cardinals, and it kind of, it kind of all went one way from there, didn't it? It all seemed very, very Cardinal heavy second half. Yeah, and I think it's kind of incredible. We've talked about this game for this long, and not mentioned really the standout performance, which was David Johnson, who yeah. ran for 157 yards and looks as good as any running back in the league right now. Yeah, a couple of couple of touchdowns, which was uh, which was nice for him. You obviously picked the uh, the Cardinals on this one. You got this with this correct in in what I must say was a much better week for picks than uh, than, than the last couple. I, I'm kicking myself for a couple. I mean, something like the um, Colts-Bears, I thought the Bears played better than the Colts for most of the game, and so I'll take that beat because I still don't think the Colts should get four and a half points against anybody. But it's things like the Giants, and I just knew that the Giants were going to cover because the Packers don't win big at the moment. So I'm still kicking myself and I ummed and ahed about that. But yeah, better (laughs) week, and you picked up a couple, I believe. I did, I did. We'll get onto that in a sec. Um, second, second game was the uh, the Titans and the Dolphins, and and really what we uh, what we witnessed was the, uh, the the death of the Dolphins season. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I experienced this mainly through through sad texts and conversations with you on Sunday night as things went bad. And I think, how long into the game was it when you sent me the text going going uh, that Tannehill's going to get hurt? Uh, not very long at all. Uh, yeah, fairly fairly quick uh, on on that one. It was he he, he looked like he was he was going to get hurt for the whole game. Um, we were we were horribly injured. Our O line we were missing the whole of the left left hand side of our O line. Brandon Albert and Larry Tunsil both gone. Larry Tunsil, who slipped in the shower on the morning of the game. Thank you very much. Is that um, a euphemism for something? Or uh, apparently not. Apparently that's a genuine. That's the genuine reason why he uh, he was out on Sunday. Um, also uh, missing Cohen Misi, uh, Zevin Howard, uh, Johnny Jenkins. Loads of people. Uh, but on the plus side, I suppose Mike Pansy was back. He's he'd missed the first four games, so it was good to see him back at centre uh, and doing a doing a relatively good job. But uh, yeah, he he, he got. So, it was just it was just so disappointing seeing the uh, watching the dolphins as as they were on on sunday um just just really just looked poor um terrible second half six sacks we only scored three points uh through two interceptions had points taken off the board for some silly penalties and 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 the crowd were, were chanting we want matt Moore all the way all, all the way through certainly the back end of the second half as well so would that be that, our old friend the back at quarterback who is everybody's best friend would indeed yeah everybody's best friend when when things aren't going right the back at quarterback i i personally wouldn't be as quick to jump that to down that route as uh, as, as some people clearly are but I think a lot of that is to do with the fact that we are so injured at the moment, and we we just need we need a run of healthy healthy players and, and games played with those healthy players. So with with that, I think we'll be fine. Uh, I think we'll be we would be okay. But the season, I, th- I think the season is pretty much a write off in week five. So that's uh, not the best. On the on the plus side, Titans. I mean, they they looked okay when they when they when they scored. Um, 
the they 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 made it. They well, they made a lot of yards. They, the, when they scored their second touchdown, um, ten minutes into the second quarter, they'd made 195 offensive yards compared to our 26 at that point, which was uh, yeah, fantastic. Um, and uh, they but they were, and they were fairly good in their running game as well. We Dolphins are usually pretty good at, at stopping run run offenses, uh, but they really kind of struggled on on Sunday, which was disappointing. Yeah, I mean, Demarco Murray has pretty much established himself as the. Um... Uh, the sort of the first option for for the Titans and played an awful lot he of snaps did. in the game I watched in Week Four, which I wrote up too, yeah. um, on coaching tape. And then yeah, Danny, Derek Henry was much more productive in this game, get fifty four yards. But was that sort of? It looks like that was the main attack was them just grinding out in this exotic smash yeah. mouth affairs. And I don't know if you read read the coaching tape article, but was it that movement and that and those big sets again that were causing your team so much trouble? I think it was. I think I think the thing. The thing you've got to think with the Titans is, is they, they don't have the big names at, uh, at wide receiver. They haven't got the the, uh, the, the hands out there that, that, that perhaps some of the teams have. They've got to run the ball. They've got to do a lot of a lot of running. But they 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 do it well. They've they averaged. I think over the first four weeks, I think they'd averaged at five yards a carry. Which as a, as a run, you look at three being being pretty good. I'd usually take the figure as four, to be honest. Four is yeah. four carries usually because because then three runs of four gives you a first down. Yeah, well that's it, and, and five is is very good. So uh, yes, <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, yeah, they they did well. They they did well. We got it. We did get a, the, the one positive for, for the Dolphins was our our first touchdown, which was a seventy three yard punt return from Jaquim Grant, uh, who looks very very good when uh, when when he's catching the ball from. Uh, from punts, so uh, yeah, that was probably the, the the only positive work I could really take away from from the game. I couldn't even take away the win on the uh, on the on the pick because you you picked this one correctly. I, as always, went for the Dolphins, and uh, yeah, didn't get it correct. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, <laughs> I'm not saying I saw this coming, but um, I believe you you were getting you were giving up too many points for me to think that it was good, a good idea, given how you were playing and how yeah. the Titans were playing, and sort of worked out that way, didn't it? Sorry, mate. No, you're okay. You're all right. Am I allowed to ask one sort of general Dolphins question before we go on go to the next it. game? Go on. Oh, I was just curious. Is there any pressure about your GM? Uh, not that I've heard so far. Not yet, but I would imagine a couple more poor games. I, I think there probably there might well be. I mean, I've I, I, I lost a little bit in 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 how much stability you've had there over the few last years. But the front office decisions has worried my, me about your team for for a number of seasons now, mm. and I'm just. I'm not calling for anybody to be fired because I wouldn't be, but I think that situation needs to be addressed if you're going to, you know, develop success and maintain it. But you know, we'll Definitely move does. on to the next game and see how that goes. <laughs> well, speaking of which, next game was yours. It was the uh, the Bengals uh, traveling to Dallas to play the Cowboys, um, and oh, the Bengals did not look good, did they? No. Um, I know you were saying that the score didn't necessarily um, do the Cowboys' dominance justice. Flattering, I think, was the, the word I, I used. I thought that was a little harsh in that we started awfully just in terms of it was the Bengals on a Sunday night travelling and mm. it, it almost seemed like we didn't turn up for the first quarter. Yeah, I didn't but think you were. Going back, going back and looking at it, the offence was actually moving the ball for the first couple of quarters mm. when it wasn't too out of hand and they were running and passing. It wasn't particularly dynamic. It was still scrappy, but it was happening. And it only really went, you know, I'm waiting to see, I've gone through the coaching tape of the first quarter, I'm into the second, but it sort of, it wasn't so bad and it was long drives from, from the Cowboys, but we just, we couldn't stop the Cowboys running game, which is unusual for our defense, but it just wasn't good. And yeah. then on, it sort of fell apart in the second half because suddenly we're chasing the game. We have to pass more and they, they could just 
pin their ears back and rush. And yeah, I'll be interested to see how the line breaks down, but but it really did. The good news yeah. for the Bengals is that nobody seems to be pointing fingers and, and all the coats out coming out the coaches is that they like the demeanour, but obviously we've got to get things fixed. So it's not like it's imploding. It's a horrible start of the season we've had. Um, another road game now, and now we have to go on the road to the Patriots, you know, at two and three and this has really not been an easy start to the season it happens right. when you win the division but with all the changes on offense that haven't quite worked Hugh Jackson is clearly a big miss and with Tyler Eifert gone both you know Mohamed Sanu and Marvin Jones playing very well for other teams you can see why things are struggling to come together because there's been a lot of changes it might still all come good back down the other end of the end of the um season I'm not panicking yet but it was not good on this other side of the ball I have to be said that that Prescott is impressing everybody and impressed me with um you know throwing the ball underneath not making too many mistakes he had his, his only his first turnover of the season when we got a strip sack in yeah. the fourth quarter yeah. but um he's been very impressive Ezekiel Elliott is a bit good and, and that 60 yard touchdown it was like you know breakdowns on all three levels but as much as anything he is so quick he's and... brilliant isn't he that's the first time I've seen him this this season so I was I was well, first time I've seen him full stop. So I was I was really impressed Sunday. And the other thing, though, is that Morris Claiborne had himself a hell of a game at corner, got up and challenged um, AJ Green very well, and he stopped at least two catches in the end zone that could have gone for touchdowns, at least mm. two. So it could have been different. I'm not saying you're incorrect that the Cowboys deserve to win, but I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not in full panic. I'm not like you where the Dol- where the dolphin season is over and all that i think there's still some hope for the bengals but i'm i'm not i am worried yeah i i, I think i probably would be a little in your in your shoes but maybe not as, as much as i am in in mine <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so i i picked the cowboys on this one and that was uh, the correct pick uh, for the game uh, final game we watched or the final game uh, you watched was the uh, the ravens redskins game uh, washington baltimore uh, Washington won this one 16-10. It was a, it was a close game, uh, but both both teams coming away from uh, from from it at three and two for the season. Which uh, does, does that surprise you for either of these teams? Uh, I think it doesn't surprise me for the Ravens because um, they're a well-run franchise for the most part. Um, certainly, they have a history of drafting and controlling well. I, I you know it's funny. I still feel weird saying it's a well-run franchise with the whole Ray Rice stuff. Yeah. Um, but. Generally, they have been. They draft well. Ozzie Newsom knows what he's doing. And last year, they were very injured. And they're coming back. But they're not convincing. They should have won this game, in fairness. Um, Washington got quite lucky and basically got a punt return touchdown. And CJ Mosley um, intercepted the ball and was trying to run the, touch- the ball in for a touchdown for the Ravens and fumbled it through the end zone, thus giving the ball back to um, Washington. Yeah. So... They really should have won this game, but Washington did enough. Uh, it was just scrappy, and the Ravens fired their offensive coordinator because it wasn't quite clicking there, and they expect more out of Joe Flacco. And it was just, it was not the prettiest game in the world. No, but we do like a uh, a, a fake f- a field goal attempt, don't we? I I personally do. I really, really do. I'm not necessarily surprising given the um, special teams um, background of I'm gonna panic. And it's either John or the other Harbour. <laughs> Why can I never remember which Harbour's which? Uh, it's, it's, it is very difficult. I think it is John Harbour. I want to say, yeah, it is John Harbour. It's fine. It His is. brother is the mental one. John is the um, special... <laughs> special. I'm, 
one day you ought to look at all the stuff he's been doing with the Wolverines and, and, and he's sort of between the trolling and the getting every celebrity he can get in. He's having a huge amount of fun recruiting yeah. recruiting in college. But yeah, John Harbaugh's special special teams background really came to fore. And he, you know what? With just a little more loft in that pass, that could have been a touchdown. It really could have. It, it was not a bad fake field goal attempt. I'd have loved for that to have been a, uh, to have been a touchdown. Absolutely would have loved it. I would have hated it because it would have ruined my pick, but I would have loved the play itself. That's just a fair point, but uh, yeah, well, you wouldn't have you wouldn't have uh, have made or lost anything because we both picked the uh, Pete Washington in this one, so so we were both we were both correct. There's no uh, no no animosity there, so you wouldn't have <laughs> you wouldn't have lost any points. Yeah, I mean, I hope um, you look at Steve Smith and Mike Wallace sort of limping around, and and you just wonder how they're going to go long term. There's still quite a lot of age in that receiver core, and we'll see how they go going forward but they're definitely i i would always expect even the ravens even in a down season to be competitive and that's what they are this year they keep games close um they're three and two for a reason it's a couple of losses we'll see how they do when they start playing better opposition because it's not been the hardest schedule so far but obviously they had that terrible season last season so um they're not playing a first place schedule like the bengals but you know I play this, you know. I watch my team play this, this, this lot two, two um, games every season, and a bit like the Steelers, there's a reason why the AFC North is a bloodbath, and everybody comes out a bit bruised and knackered, and maybe doesn't always do as well as you might think in the playoffs because it's just such a hard division to get out of. Yeah, well, let's have a look at the uh, the rest of the uh, of the games then this week. So uh, Sunday saw the return of Tom Brady, who led out his New England Patriots in Cleveland. Uh, just in case you were uh, running out of things to uh, to feel sorry for the uh, for the Browns for, they uh, obviously had their, their Tom Brady back. Um, he showed that he hadn't really uh, missed a step during the four game suspension. And he ended up racking up four hundred and six yards and three touchdowns as his Patriots came away with the win. Final score was New England thirty three, Cleveland thirteen. Did you hear that that was something like only his fourteenth four hundred game yard yard game yeah. or something? That you uh, know, it, uh, it, was, it surprises me. It surprised everybody. I think it's because he's so crisp and efficient that his team win. But you know, he has a better team than say Drew Brees, who has to throw four hundred yards every, every week just to keep his get his team competitive. But it was an interesting stat. I heard it was. Uh, one of the undefeated teams, Philadelphia Eagles, picked up their first loss of the year this year, uh, this this weekend. Sorry, uh, as the Detroit Lions emerged victorious from the fo- from Ford Field. Uh, just one point separated these teams in a game which saw Carson Wentz throw his first career interception as he tried to get the uh, within field goal range with less than a minute to go, uh, and it ended up twenty three points to twenty four to the Detroit Lions. If the Colts were suffering from jet lag following their trip to London last weekend, they certainly didn't show it on Sunday. Uh, they returned home to, Chicago, to the uh, host of the Chicago Bears, uh, who failed to string uh, together a second win this week. Chicago will perhaps feel a bit disappointed they didn't end up with the win, though, as they, they made nearly 400 yards in the air and over 120 on the ground. Uh, the final score on that one was 23 points to 29 to the Colts. Minnesota continued their unbeaten run, uh, with even even without their leading uh, receiver Stefan Diggs this week, and made it five and zero for the season, which uh, makes them the only the only undefeated team going in, into week six. Uh, the game on Sunday was in in truth all over by by half time as the Texans continued to struggle against a good defense. Uh, the Vikings special team stepped up to the plate to play their part as well, uh, with uh, Marcus Sherrill's uh, returning a punt for 79 yards in the second quarter for a touchdown. Vikings beat the Texans in this one by 31 points to 13. It's a bit of a strange one this 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 year because last year I think by this point there was about six teams that were still undefeated. 
Yeah, no, lots of undefeated teams last year, but um, as we'll see in a bit later, only one left. And but boy, the Vikings are a sort of change of a narrative for an undefeated team. You know, it's had plenty of adversity and just keep going through. And very oh, really? impressed at impressed yeah. with Stephen Diggs and, and that offense still continuing to function despite the despite the injuries. Yeah, I'm really enjoying them. Uh, well, another game which finished by that same scoreline was the Jets' uh, trip to Pittsburgh to face the Steelers. Uh, While well, the Jets kept it close for the first half, Steelers pulled away in quarters three and four, with Ben Roethlisberger ra- racking up 380 passing yards and four touchdowns in the process. While Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, he did, didn't look as, as bad as he did uh, in, in the last few weeks. He couldn't help them uh, to keep up, and the final score, again, was 31-13 to the Steelers. Uh, two teams we're expected to uh, be there or thereabouts at the end of the season are the Falcons and the Broncos who met on Sunday night in Denver the Broncos were without magical Trevor Simeon uh, meaning that Paxton Lynch made his first NFL start uh, the Falcons were however uh, too strong on this occasion and took an early lead uh, despite a late comeback from the Broncos the game finished 23-16 to Atlanta this was um, I know you didn't get to watch this game but I did but yeah. the, I'm really impressed with the Falcons and on offense we sort of knew they were playing well but watching them they possibly laid out a bit of a template the Denver Broncos defense has been good this season but it's been a little bit soft against the run and a combination of their running game and passes to um, their running backs flexed out running running receiver route so empty sets mm. um, really did a number on that Broncos defense and I'm not going to say oh it's a template to how to beat him but um, I wouldn't mind betting they'll see a bit more of it um, going through the season I'd imagine so, absolutely. Uh, the Bills are on some sort of a roll, which is something I never thought I'd say. Uh, they find themselves at 3-2 and two for the season so far, uh, after Sunday's game with the LA Rams. The Rams managed more than double the yards in the air of the Bills, uh, but three sacks from Lorenzo Alexander uh, and a huge 150-yard uh, of rushing from LeSean McCoy meant that the Bills took this one uh, in the win in this one by 30 points to 19. Uh, we've spoken before about how Philip Rivers' talents are a little bit wasted in San Diego, and this week was uh, was no different. His passer rating of 122.1 and 359 total yards still wasn't enough to clinch a win for the Chargers in what turned out to be a close game against the Oakland Raiders. The Chargers did uh, lead for much of the game, but uh, came unstuck in the fourth quarter. The final score was San Diego 31, Oakland 34. Uh, fresh off their bye week, Green Bay Packers picked up another win on Sunday night, this time over the uh, New York Jets. We've already talked about how Odell Beckham's uh, doing this season, and despite Eli Manning's uh, being, being his favourite target uh, for the game, he managed only five receptions and 56 yards, although uh, one of those receptions was a touchdown. Uh, the final score at Lambeau Field was 23-16 to Green Bay. And on Monday night, for the first time in three weeks, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers weren't hit by a weather delay during their game. Uh, and the, the Carolina Panthers uh, continued to struggle uh, to get things going, though. Uh, they uh, weren't helped by concussion to uh, to Cam Newton, which kept him out of the game. But 181 yards uh, from uh, Greg Olson in the air kept this one close. Uh, and he was uh, on the end of half of Derek Anderson's completed passes as well. Uh, the final score was 17 points to 14. It's a fair bell. Right, it's time to have a look at the blog and see what G's been writing about this week. So, uh, on last week's podcast, you uh, said you were going to be taking a closer look at the Tennessee Titans for your blog piece this week, which I know you have done. You spoke a little bit about it earlier, but uh, what what did you uh, think of what you saw? Well, I, I really kind of like what they were doing schematically. I mean, you, you talk about exotic Smash Mouth, and you, you think it might be kind of um, not that interesting and possibly not that successful, given that the passing game is where it's at these days. Mm. But I kind of like the misdirection of their, their use of tight ends and multiple tight ends, moving from fullback to tight end and rearranging. I, I, I liked it in the running game, and it's beginning to work. And I don't see it being a... a 
a, a schematic thing that's causing problems in the passing game. I just think it's a combination of they don't quite have that dynamic receiver to take the top off, off the, the defence and sort of stretch the field a bit. And so they're struggling as much as anything because their best pass catcher is possibly Delaney Walker, their tight end. Yeah. And so they make good use of Delaney Walker and move him all round, but they could really do with some effective receivers on the offence. And Mariota is the other slight thing. He's, he was a bit... I'd love to know how he was doing the Dolphins game in terms of accuracy of passing because he kept... He either overthrew the long ball, but also he kept throwing balls high on relatively straightforward passes mm. in the intermediate to short level. And, and so you hear sometimes people talk about um, quarterbacks being one of the worst coached positions in the league just because people are afraid to really, you know, they're the face of the franchise and they don't want to destroy their confidence. And they say, you know, there's some talk that some of the best you know one of the reasons that certain quarterbacks succeed is because they're very amenable to coaching and so it's easy or that you have a coach in place who's not afraid to challenge them and you just wonder what's going on with all the swirling stuff going on with the titans and are they going to move and what's going on with the coaching whether he's being put in the best position come sunday but i do like it schematically and i think given time it could work if they can get some receivers there and you know maybe the GM works in lockstep with the head coach for a season or two. Yeah, I can't remember what uh, what Mariota was like on, on Sunday. I think I was I must have been crying for uh, for a little bit too much to uh, to, to remember. It, um, yeah, it, when it's all going horribly wrong for your team, it can be a little hard to be objectively looking at what's going on. The opposition is like, kill yes. him, kill him, kill him. I wonder I how he's doing, was... how his accuracy is. As I said, I found that this week when I was trying to uh, write up the uh, the notes for the game. Um, you uh, you were a little bit worried this morning, but you were telling me about uh, being a little bit. Uh, Self-indulgent, but you want to have a look at the Bengals, don't you, this week? Yeah, I want to take a look at the offensive line. I mean, I've drifted a little bit um, to this general offense just because um, part of the offensive line play is obviously what we're doing with tight ends and blocking. But yeah, I'm looking at what happened and and essentially why it's not been working as well as it has. Because there's only one change and everybody's talking very well about our new right. Uh, right tackle of BUA so I just want to take a look at that and see how that goes and you know mm. I, I, I don't do it very often but in fact I don't think I looked at the Bengals on coaching tape last season so um, so I figured I'd look at my team selfishly and just see what went wrong because it saves me ranting about it in uh, my midweek blog <laughs> this week that's fine well uh, for all that and much more make sure you stay tuned to the blog from uh, for, for more from G it can be found at thewrongfootball.com are you ready for some football Right, well, last week's uh, picks obviously uh, ended up with me picking up a couple of, uh, of points on, on G. Uh, I got a 9 to G7, which means we are 35-31 to G after week 5, uh, which, yeah, just just 4 in it now, which is, uh, which is uh, well, a little bit more encouraging for me. So let's have a look at uh, week 6 and, uh, and the, the games this week. Uh, they start Thursday night with the, uh, the Broncos uh, travelling to San Diego, uh, who are given 3.5 points in this one. I think the Broncos will have um, Trevor Simeon back, and I think that um, as much as I was talking about the possibility of there not being a blueprint for how you might attack the Broncos' defense, I don't think the Chargers have the players yeah. around Philip, Philip Rivers to do it, and they just they keep losing players to injury. And so, yeah, I think even though it's on their own, the Broncos win that one and cover. Yeah, I tend to agree. I think uh, yeah, with with Trevor Simeon back, I think they they are going to uh, they're going to get this one. Uh, so I'm going Broncos as well. Uh, second game, the 49ers against the Buffalo Bills. Bills are on some some sort of a roll, aren't they? Yeah, I'm, I'm leaning Bills, but am I really prepared to pick them at seven and a half? That's a lot I, of I points. Well, this is the problem: is that I don't know because every time I say, "Oh, that's a lot of points," they go and cover it, and then every time I pick someone to cover go cover that many points, they don't. So you yeah. know, basically, I seem to be damned if I do and damned if I don't. But 
Yeah, I, I'm thinking the Bills do seem to be on a roll. Who knew that firing um, uh, uh, their offensive coordinator was actually the problem, and Greg Roman was holding them back. Mm. But it seems to be working for them, and um, I, I don't know if if the uh, if the starting of Kaepernick, which looks to be happening, is going to make a difference. But I suspect there are too many other problems on the road. Yeah, I'm leaning Bills, but I'm not happy about it. We'll see. I, I feel exactly the same. I think I, I didn't know that Kaepernick was going to be probably starting on on Sunday, but yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, it's a lot of points, but I think I'm, I think I am still going. Still going. I, I'm sure. Sure, that it is. I'm sure that I've seen um, a quote about Chip Kelly, Kelly saying it was a football decision and and it was it wasn't Gabbett's fault, but it was time mm. for a change. Well, the uh, the Jaguars are back this weekend after their uh, they were at Wembley, obviously a couple of uh, couple of weeks ago. They had their bye this weekend. Uh, they're playing the the Chicago Bears uh, and who, are, who and they get two and a half points. I, I think I'm going to go Jaguars on this one. I think I am, and they're probably going to bite me because who knows what's going on with them this season. But maybe yeah. after winning London and a bye, they'll come back and have their stuff together on offense a bit more. Um, you can only hope. That said, the Bears with Hoyer have been playing better on offense, but um, you know they did well last last week on offense, so it just wasn't enough to win the game. But we'll see. This is not two not great teams as by their records. No, that's it. Well, your game this weekend, the uh, the Bengals and the Patriots. Patriots. Get nine and a half points taken off them. Uh, this is really, I, I'm, I'm, I don't know which way I'm going to go on this. I'm just mainly I'm sitting there grumping blind. You know, I mean, if you look at our schedule, you know, yeah. away opener to the Jets, away to the Steelers, home to the Broncos, home to the Dolphins, away to the Cowboys, away to the um, Patriots. It's not hard to see why we're two and three, no. um, and could very well be two and four at the weekend. Um, <sighs> Nine and a half points might be too many, except would you bet against Tom Brady on a FU? I, I'm going to show you all how much nonsense this is, and we're going to win the Super Bowl just to spite Goodell. Yeah, I, um, I kind of think that's what's going to happen. I think that I think they're going to. They're, they're, he's, this is Brady's first home game back. I think he's going to. I, I think they're going to get a fair old few points. I don't want to think about it. We could be wrong. Mm, maybe, <laughs> maybe. Uh, the Browns will be looking to uh, pick up their first win of the season against the uh, the Tennessee Titans, uh, who are two and three. Uh, they get six and a half point head start on this. What do you reckon? Is it a little strange that the Titans have a bit of momentum and could you know be getting themselves back into competition in their it's, division? It's very strange. With, you know the Texans are only a, uh, only a game ahead and obviously not looking great at the moment. Yeah. Um, You'd say six and a half points is a lot to give the Titans, but things just keep going wrong for the Browns. So I think I might be leaning Titans. I think I am as well. I think I'm, I can just see the Browns browsing it up again. Yeah, yeah I mean, do, will we get our sixth um, player to take snaps at quarterback this week, do we think? We probably will. We probably will, to be fair. I don't know. They might just go back to Rail Pryor, but we'll, we'll see. Yeah, I feel ever so sorry for Browns fans. Um, it's going to be a long season. I feel like I've been saying that since the preseason. They're just sharing it around. They're just giving everybody a go. There's 53 men on the team. They want to get them all, get them all out at least, at least, a, at least one snap at quarterback. I'm it, waiting for Terrell Pryor to, to to do the full Bugs Bunny, take the snap, throw the ball up in the air, and then run down the field and catch it. Well, he can do everything, can't he? He'll be kicking next week as well. Um, <laughs> the uh, the Rams play the Detroit Lions, uh, and yeah, yeah, three and a half point head start. Mm. I think I'm going Lions. I think I'm still going Lions. Honestly, I have no idea what yeah. to do with this game. The Rams, one, you know, yeah, the defense is not great. The Lions managed to show something, but you know, there's still big questions about their defense. But their offense is playing well. Yeah. Uh, oh, 
maybe leading Lions as their home team, but I have very little faith in either. Mm. Well, looking at the uh, the percentages of who's gone for what this uh, this week in, in the Dolphins game, it seems that I am the only person on the planet who's picking uh, the Dolphins uh, over the Steelers. They get uh, they get seven and a half points at start there at home as well. What do you think? You're almost making me want to pick the Dolphins just in solidarity, mate. But um, as much as I hate the Steelers, I can't do it. Um, They're just so good on offense. Defense is looking to bend and not break. And I think they're as good a team as there is in the league. And curse them for being in our division. But very, very good team. And yeah, I can only see this going one way. Sorry, mate. Yeah, you're all right. Um, I'm obviously going for the Dolphins on that one. Uh, What do you think for the the Panthers? Panthers have been a little bit off the boil last last few games. I would never have thought they would be at at week five at one and four. There's a lot of talk about um, how it's not uncommon for the team who lost the Super Bowl to have a troubled next season. Defence just doesn't look right. That's as worrying as anything. I mean, you can sort of understand what's going on with Cam Newton getting hit, but they moved the ball last week. Uh, Derek Anderson wasn't bad as a backup quarterback, but... That defense is struggling, and that's that's surprising, but possibly Against not when the you Saints, can... though. Well, this is the thing. I think there could be a lot of points scored in this game because the Saints' defense ain't good. And if Drew Brees, you know, if, if you're a struggling um, defense, the last thing you want to see is um, Drew Brees and that offense, which seems to always get 400 yards. Yeah, this is a, this is one and three team playing a one and four team. I, yeah. You know, I'm not exactly inspired by either of them. I think I'm going Saints. Home team getting points? Yeah, I think I might be joining you, and I'm not going to feel happy about it at all. Uh, Ravens Giants uh, on uh, on Sunday afternoon, the, the afternoon game. Uh, two and a half points taken off the off the Giants. I think I have more faith in the Ravens winning an ugly close game than what's going on with the Giants yeah, at the moment. Absolutely, completely agree. Couldn't agree more. Um, <laughs> Eagles Redskins. That's the, uh, the the yeah one and a half points given to Washington, um, and they are at home as well. Hmm. I, I, I think we'll see how the Eagles bounce back from from that loss to the Lions. I think they will bounce back. I think they'll be okay. Yeah, this is what I'm thinking. Washington have been um, up and down, but they're not terribly convincing. I think Cousins has settled into more of the player he was at the end of last season. Although obviously not, he was playing outstanding then. But he's looking more. They're looking more like the team that they were. But I just worry about them going up against that Eagles defense, and I think that there will be some. Very angry coaches and a very focused team coming into yeah. this week. Uh, Chiefs Raiders, what do we think think for that? Bear in mind, uh, Chiefs are coming back off their off their bye week this week. Yeah, I mean it's a divisional match, so it'll be high pressure. But the Raiders on offense are really, really functioning, and that that Chiefs defense is just a little bit wobbly without the pass rush at the moment. And Marcus Peters is a very good corner going into his second year, uh, and gets a lot of picks. But he gets a lot of picks because he takes a lot of chances, and you just get. Can you not see Amari Cooper um, just catching a lot of long balls from um, Derek I Anderson? Can. Yeah, again? absolutely, absolutely can. I think uh, I think I. Derek Anderson, Derek, Derek Carr. Carr. What yeah. am I talking about? I think, uh, I think I'm going for the uh, for the Raiders um, on, on this one this week. Uh, the Falcons and the Seahawks. This, this is going to be. I think this will be quite a good game. Uh, Can we watch this one, please? Yes, let's watch <laughs> this one. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> six and a half points uh, taken off the Seattle Seahawks. That seems like a lot to me. Yeah, I, I feel strongly that this is going to be a really good game, but this is um, a bit of recency bias in that the Seahawks have been, uh, I think they were, on, yeah, they were on by last week, yeah. and so 
Russell Wilson will be a week better and will somehow play really effectively with that injury and it's just uh, isn't modern science amazing and <laughs> so I think this would be a good game and as good as the uh, Falcons um, offense has been the Seahawks defense has been very good again this season and so I think this would be a cracking matchup and I think it'll be closer than um, the Seahawks so I, I, I think that's too many points and I would imagine that the Falcons will cover that yeah I, th- I think they probably will personally um, Cowboys Packers this will be a good game as well uh, four and a half points given to the Cowboys on this. I think they can uh, they can carry on steaming ahead. I I fancy the Cowboys to to at least cover this. Uh, not all is not right in um in Packerland at the moment. No. I think it'll be very interesting watching their run defense, which has been really really good this year, um, go up against that offensive line in Ezekiel Elliott. That's going to be a really interesting battle. Perhaps one for the football purists, as, as people <laughs> as, as the casual fan tends to prefer the passing game. But I think this, you know the, the real matchup of this game is going to be is going to be that running game against that run defense. But things are still not quite right for the Packers and. I'm not sure they should be for this. That Cowboys team really impressed me, and I think it's not just that the Bengals. I think the Bengals were made to look bad by a good team, rather than the Bengals being a terrible team. Does that make sense? Mm. It does. It does. But I, I think I still think I'm going for the Cowboys on this one. You, you just, so you're agreeing with me? I'm agreeing with you. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I, I, I thought the way you framed it was that I'm still going to no, go. No, that you're going to. I'm still going to go for the Packers because I agree with you. But I, I, I have faith in Aaron Rodgers at home, which would be no. really fair enough. No, I no, I think I'm, I'm going for the for the Cowboys. I'm agreeing with you. Um, <laughs> Colts Texans divisional game. This one, uh, this is the late one on Sunday. Uh, three and a half points taken off the the Texans. I I, I think I, I can't see anything other than a Colts win here. I don't know. It's an excrement sandwich. If you wanted a defense mm. to, to 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 turn your season around as Brock Osweiler, I couldn't think of more generous ones to go up against than the Colts at the moment. Um, yeah. I think that I trust Andrew Luck maybe to to eke out a win for them, but I, I, I'd probably join you picking the Colts, but I'm not sure I feel happy about it. And it wouldn't surprise me necessarily with the Texans turn it around. I like their their, their skill players on offense, and I, I I'm wary of that term because you know playing offensive lines is a skill, but you know the players who touch the ball, i.e. their receivers and running back, I like them. And it's surprising me that they're, that it's not quite clicking. Except you know yeah. Brock Osweiler is being developed under um, Gary Kubiak's system. He's used to playing in that, so we we'll just have to see how it goes. Mm. Uh, Jets Cardinals. This again. This I think this will be quite a good one. But the Jets, the Jets aren't looking great at the minute. They've they've got. I mean, they get seven and a half point head start. They are they are the road team, but they're they're not looking great to this point. They've lost Eric Decker is is out for the season. Don't know if you saw that. I didn't know uh, if that was confirmed. The, I knew he was injured, but it is yeah, that's that's confirmed. That came through uh, this afternoon, I believe it was. But uh, he's they think he's going to have uh, shoulder surgery and be out for the, uh, for the for the remainder of the season. But yeah, I I think I'm going Cardinals on this one, despite the 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 the, the big sway on it. Oh, I, I might join you, but I'm really unsure. Yeah, no, I probably will just because the Jets have been bad and they've struggled yeah. in coverage. And if Carson Palmer's back and can deliver a couple of balls, but everything is not right with the Cardinals. Can I, is this our final game, loop you back to the first night game just, just to offer you up, up one alternative thing that, that struck me as we were going through this, which is that um, the Broncos will be without, um, I think, Gary Kubiak this week. Gary Kubiak, Obviously, he's been, yeah. 
because because of the migraines and obviously as a player or sorry as a coach who's had strokes before you know you just hope that he learns to balance the stress and is okay for himself but I don't, that may affect um, how they game plan and play and it was an interesting decision they're making their special teams teams coach sort of like the honorary the sort of acting head coach so as to not yeah. affect their offensive and defensive coordinators I hope, uh, yeah. I think it's, I think it's the right thing for him to, uh, like you say, especially given his, uh, given his past, and uh, yeah, good luck to him. I hope he's, uh, hope he's okay. Yeah. I felt that one way up here. Well, that's all we've got time for this week on this uh, episode of the Wrong Football Podcast. Thank you very much for joining us again this week. Uh, we'll be back with you again next week when we look back at week six and also preview week seven, which includes this year's Twickenham game uh, where the Rams will be facing the Giants in London. Uh, in the meantime, make sure you like and subscribe to the podcast and get it uh, delivered to you straight away each Thursday night. And also make sure you check out the blog and keep up with uh, what G's been up to during the week. That's at the wrongfootball.com. If you want to get to, in touch, uh, make sure you uh, either drop us a line uh, an email to uh, Podcast at outlook.com find G or myself on Twitter at wrongfootball or at twfdan and remember we are looking for a safety klaxon so if you've got any uh, ideas for a safety klaxon uh, yeah don't be afraid to put them forward yes it needs to be the sound of joy and happiness and, and, <laughs> and, and a quarterback's soul being crushed <laughs> perfect well, thanks very much for listening and we'll see you again next week love you love you